We are speaking with Gerald Salente, the renowned trends forecaster who needs little introduction. He is the founder of the Trends Research Institute, which publishes the Trends Journal. If you want to know history before it happens, go to trendsresearch.com. It's great to talk to you again, Gerald, and welcome. Thank you, Havoya. You successfully predicted the 1987 and 2008 financial crashes. For a decade now, you've been saying that the 2008 uh, crash was a warm-up, that the sick patient was merely given aspirin while the underlying and fatal tumor or debt continues to spread. Now, nobody knows when the next shoe will fall. However, in the near term, your trends journal, the summer uh, edition, is predicting a market correction while the mainstream media is predicting a market crash. Could you tell us a little bit about this? Yes, the, the markets have gone up since uh, Trump got elected very strongly and um, is based on the belief that he's going to cut taxes so the rich get richer and the corporations get bigger. He's going to build an infrastructure program to fix our rotted third world infrastructure and that he was going to deregulate uh, a number of uh, major pieces of legislation that would give, again, the corporations more freedom and the banks to steal more of, it, more of our money. But so far, he's been unsuccessful in any of those things. However, market valuations continue to rise because capital earnings aren't that bad. And the reason they're not that bad and the reason the markets are going up is that money is still very cheap. We're still dealing with, you know, what, 1% or 1.25% interest rates? That's nothing. You know, considering they've only raised interest rates that much in 10 years, and when you account for inflation, even using their phony numbers, you really have negative interest rates. So as long as they keep pumping money into the system, the gamblers could keep gambling. And as long as the gamblers keep gambling, equity markets will remain high. So that's why we don't see a crash, but we see a correction because the valuations are way out of line and nothing goes straight up. But at this moment, absent a wild card, I mean, look at the, you know, the hurricanes, tornadoes, cyclones, earthquakes, you know, a wild card. That's why nobody could predict the future, you know, and a wild card could be made by Mother Nature or man-made. And there's no wilder wilder card than the Trump card. So absent a wild card, we only see a correction at this time. Now, the U.S. government just topped $20 trillion in debt. Uh, can you speak a bit more about some potential wild cards? What will it take for everyone to finally realize the emperor has no clothes? What are some further man-made black swans uh, that could push us into the next Great Depression? When will they find out? Well, you know, there's a, a phrase, you're, you're in Kazakhstan, correct? Yep. Well, welcome to dumb fuckistan. That's what America is. And it's the home of the dumb, there's not a C in this, so you don't have to get bleeped off the air. The home of the dumb F-U-Ks. They don't have a clue what's going on. What do you think, people know that the country's $20 trillion in debt? That when you put in the pensions and Social Security, it's around 250 to 300 trillion, let alone 20 trillion. They don't have a clue. 
They're watching to see what's going to, what Justin Bieber is doing, the Kardashians, what stupid clown comic on, on the late night TV shows is saying what? They don't have a clue. This is the home of the dem- dumb FUKs. Yeah, that's one of the reasons uh, I-, I left a few years ago. But uh, um, speaking on, uh, taking a look perhaps on the precious metals, such as gold and silver, and even the other overlooked metals like platinum or palladium, uh, and copper as well, which could be promising considering its key role in the manufacture of electric cars, which are supposed to be ubiquitous in the coming decades. Could you talk a bit about the metals and, and where you see them going? You know, we're, we remain bullish on gold, and gold has been, you know, it's up 13% this year, and it's over $1,300 as we speak. And the downside seems to be quite over. Maybe it'll go another $50, $70 low, even 100 That's nothing. Gold has to break in our forecast well over 1400 1470 1450 1480 1460 Stabilize in that range, and then it spikes to, we believe, well over 2000 Look what's going on in China. China just announced they're going to stop the Bitcoin exchanges. Why? Because if you go back a year and a half or so ago when the yuan, the Chinese currency, was crashing, the Chinese people, many of them, started buying Bitcoin. That's what drove the price up dramatically. Now China's stopping that from happening because the yuan has increased over 6% against the dollar this year and their exports are down. What does that mean for gold? If you can't buy cryptocurrencies, you think the Chinese are going to start buying gold? We do. And so too with the Indians. So we see gold is stabilizing. And also with the more and more war talk heating up between the United States and North Korea, United States and Iran, United States and Syria, United States is back in Afghanistan, more troops in Iraq. United States is in Yemen, Somalia, Sudan. You know, so if war really heats up beyond the level that it is now, and the United States attacks North Korea, you know, this will be the beginning of the Third World War because North Korea is not going to go down. They'll fight to the last person. And what people don't realize in the United States is that the United States slaughtered over 4 million North Koreans in the Korean War. Another immoral and illegal war. They used to, the pilots used to say there was nothing left to bomb. And that's why when you see pictures of North Korea, it's all new buildings. So if the United States tries to attack them, they're going to destroy South Korea, Japan, and anyone else within striking distance. And so gold is that ultimate safe haven harbor. As for copper, Dr. Copper, they call it that because copper is used in so many different industries, whether it's technology to high, you know, it's high tech to, to heavy industry. And the one to look at with that is China. You have to look at China's growth because they use up more than 50% of the copper each year. So as goes China, it goes copper prices. As for electric vehicles, we've been writing a lot about this lately. We don't see it happening as quickly as it's being projected. 
for the primary reason that right now, unless there's new developments and big new developments, they're working with a technology from the 1800, and that's the battery. The battery was invented in 1800. It, it, it's limited in what it can do. So it has to go beyond where it is for it to be something. And the governments are pushing this rather than the industry and technology. It's a fraction. I think it was like 800,000 know, uh, automobiles last year sold at what? I mean, 90 million or some ridiculous number of regular vehicles. So we, we don't see it happening. Nine million compared to 100,000 is nothing. And staying on China for a bit, uh, this game changer, the yuan denominated gold-backed oil contracts that China is soon to roll out. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It looks like they're going for the petrodollar. So far, it's a, it's a lot of talk, and some people aren't sure how it's all going to play out. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, again, if you're Russia or any of the countries that the United States has put sanctions on, Iran, Venezuela, and you're selling oil to Russia, or whatever country it is, Kazakhstan, and, and they don't want the petrodollar, they get the yuan. And if you don't want the yuan, the Chinese government says, okay, you can cash it in for gold. So what do you have to lose? Nothing. So what would you rather do? Hold on to a dollar that you just began the conversation with. They're printing digital money backed by nothing and printed on nothing and $20 trillion in debt and building. Or would you rather have gold? So I believe that this is the beginning of a great reversal for the petrodollar. And what's holding the petrodollar also up is the United States alignment with the, uh, the Saudis, the beheaders in chief the people that are slaughtering the innocent Yemenis who've done nothing to them. And so the United States has been in bed with the king for a long time. We even saw Trump dance with him. And so as long as that relationship stays solid and there's not major conflict in Saudi Arabia, the dollar will be around for a while longer. But this is the beginning of the erosion of it, and particularly with being able to cash out of your yuan and go into gold. That's really big. And looking at cryptocurrencies, you've been writing about that and talking about that for, for a long while. They seem to be a very polemic, uh, divisive topic. You either love them or you hate them. I take a somewhat pragmatic approach. I see their use and function. I'll benefit from them. But I am a bit wary of them. I'm afraid that crypto may ultimately be the vehicle for government to establish a perhaps digital or cashless society. What are your thoughts on the rise of cryptocurrencies? Well, it, it's what you said. It's a, it's a cashless society. So why do you need, there's no, like for instance, when you look at the U.S. dollar, it's in God we trust in the back. Well, now you got no dollar, you got no God to trust. You know, there's nothing to connect you to it. And then you go to China and many other nations and what do you see? You know, people are using their smartphone apps and bam, zap, they're making transactions without any currency exchange. So with people losing so much faith in their governments, this is almost another populist tool 
to go crypto rather than to go yuan, yen, or euro or anything else. So it's going to have its place. However, two reasons why, you know, the, the, the biggest dangers, we saw what happened. Any country at any time could stop the, 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 uh, the currency exchange in crypto. And number two, it's all in the air. So while we see it growing and have predicting its growth, personally, I don't own any. I buy gold. I want that physical attachment. And I, I don't want a digital attachment. So, but the millennials who never grew up with any of this, and this is their new way of life, you know, digital may be, uh, and, and uh, crypto you know, may be very, very attractive to them, particularly as more countries go cashless, as they're doing in India and, and Sweden and many other countries. So that we see a place for it at this point. But again, government could crack down on it at any time. And if the, all the central banks crack down on it at once, you know, cryptos, you know, it's gone. And you just, uh, prior to this, mentioned military conflict uh, in the Koreas. Do you see any chance for serious military escal escalation, whether it's in Korea, the South China Sea, the Middle East, or, or, or elsewhere? Our major concern right now, while it's heating up in, in North Korea, is, um, is Iran. The United States, just like they're sell they've sold let's hate Russia, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, and now they're selling, they've been selling the hatred of Iran. And also Israel has been promoting that as well, very extensively. And um, matter of fact, Netanyahu is just in the estates uh, with, with Trump, and it looks like Trump is gonna bail out of the, um, the nuclear agreement that lifted sanctions off Iran. And by the way, that's probably the only good thing that Obama did in my estimation was to, was to um, lift the sanctions against Iran. Iran has not invaded a nation in, I think, about 250 years. Yes, they're in Syria, but they were invited there by the government of uh, Assad. And they had elections there that were internationally monitored, and they said they were legitimate. And the United States has no business being there. They're invading a sovereign nation, as is the Saudis and the Arab League by supporting the terrorist criminals that they are. And however, the United States is painting Iran as the greatest terrorist threat in the world right now, and it's a total lie. So we believe that the push is going to be against Iran, and it's going to come from Israel particularly now with Netanyahu, the prime minister, getting deeper and deeper in trouble with his wife being brought up on charges and so many other of his associates and, and losing popularity. So uh, when all else fails, they take you to war. And we believe that Iran and the United, Israel and the United States are pushing for war against Iran in some fashion or another. And when you read Trump's speech, his hateful speech at the United Nations last week, the language is right there. And again, Iran has done nothing to anyone. It was also blacked out of the news. 
is about a month ago, they released a CIA report proving what most of us knew already, but the prostitute media in America doesn't talk about, is how the UK and the US overthrew the democratically elected government of Mossadegh in Iran in 1953. And the words are right there from Winston, may he rot in hell, Churchill, who made it very clear that they wanted the Iranian oil. And of course, the United States went in with them, the CIA and the MI6. And of course, back then when uh, Mossadegh nationalized the oil and took it out of the hands of Anglo-Iranian oil, better known today as BP, and Standard Oil, better known today as ExxonMobil. Oh, and who is the Secretary of State for the United States? Oh, Tillerson. And where did he come from? Oh, Salenti. You mean he was the CEO of ExxonMobil, and he's the one leading the cheerleading charge of saying that Iran is a leading terrorist state. Are you assuming they want their oil? So one, one last uh, question regarding Trump. You came out of the gates hitting the nail on the head with President Trump and your earlier forecasts from the very beginning, predicting his presidency. I was hesitant to come to any conclusion outright, but we've seen him push and shove prime ministers, such as was the case with uh, Montenegro, just so he could take the spotlight for the photo. We've seen him curse and use foul language and name call other world leaders, quite the opposite of diplomacy and gentlemanly behavior. What are your thoughts on Trump going into 2018? Well, we don't see him going anywhere. He's staying as we see it, as much as people dislike him. And what Trump is, you know, you have our Trends Journal, it's the presidential reality show. He is a mirror of America. He represents who America is. Oh, he has foul language. Oh, look how nice Obama spoke as he slaughtered people in Libya. Brought more troops into Afghanistan, 30,000 of them. Oh, but he said it in such an arrogant, nice way. Oh, and, and look at George Bush before Obama. The Iraq war, lied us into war. There was no weapons of mass destruction or ties to Al-Qaeda. So what Trump is doing, we got a freak now showing what a freak show it is. The other freaks did a better act at, at hiding their freakishness. And that's when you, if you open up the centerfold of the Trends Journal, it's the presidential reality show. Who's your favorite freak? And we have them all there. All the members of Congress, the central banks, the, uh, the presidents, the secretaries of state, and on and on, the congressmen and senators. So all Trump is, Trump is doing what they all did, but he does it in a much cruder manner that's more obvious, again, as the other ones. Like, for example, look at the English. Look out how proper they are. As the sun never set on the British Empire, and they slaughtered and conquered Millions of people all over the world in barbaric ways that would make anyone sick to their stomach. But they did it so properly. All right. 
So Trump, as we say in Italian, is a calfone. So he does it like that. But they all do it the same. They're liars, cowards, freaks, fools, narcissists, psychopaths, and sociopaths, murderers, and thieves. Welcome to the club. All right. Any final thought to leave us with as we approach 2018? And can you also tell people how they can get the Trends Journal and what they can look forward to with the subscription? Yeah, they could go to our website, trendsresearch.com, trendsresearch.com. Besides the Trends Journal, we do a Trends in the News broadcast each weekday night, Trend Alerts each week, a Trends Monthly, and of course, the Quarterly Trends Journal. As you see, 50, 60 pages of, of content with not one advertisement. And what people can do. I say the same thing. You know, I'm, not a, I'm the same age as Trump. You know, you get in the best shape you can physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And don't take anybody's crap and don't give anybody any garbage either. You weren't put on this earth to take orders from morons. There's a better word I could use, but I want to be a bit respectful. And, and that's the bottom line, that it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men, said Samuel Jackson, one of the founding fathers. So everybody has what it takes. And people say to me, you know, people's voices can't be heard. Yes, they can. If they're not cowardly and they speak up. And my mother, may she rest in peace, when I was a little boy, She'd say to me, Gerald, I hate cowards. And I didn't even know what the word meant. So I would never be one because I would never do that to disrespect my mother. So you have a voice. Use it if you don't want to be a coward. Well, Mr. Salente, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, for, thank you for your time and for your work. Thank you. And thank you for all that you do. All the best.